What is up, everyone, and welcome to another Slab Socks Live show here on YouTube at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Mondays. Today is October 24th, which means that it is Drake's birthday, I think. Uh, happy birthday to Drake. Uh, no yep. other bearded bum on this stand is birthday. Eric Hosmer, Nick Gordon, Jalen Brown. I wonder why Nate knows so many birthdays on today. I don't know. <laughs> it is, in fact, Nate's birthday as well, so happy birthday to Nate. Uh a number that is larger than my birthday or my my age, I know that much. Yep, <laughs> forty-two. So 50, Jackie Robin, Jackie 52. Robinson here. Oh, 52? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. You just skip ten years right in front of my eyes. <laughs> no, all jokes aside, uh, happy birthday, Nate. Uh, good to see uh, the last slab sex birthday get out of the way now, so we can uh, go into November with uh, no birthdays on the table. Uh, yeah. Either way. We, we've got quite the episode tonight, quite the important episode, I'd have to add, uh, because there is something that is going on in the sports card markets. Uh, it has been for a little bit, but was very, very prominent in the end of October here. Uh, and it has to do with the supply side of the equation with supply and demand in the sports card market. Now, I would argue um, that, I, well, I'm not arguing this. Like, it's obvious that there has been market drops um, in 2022, that there has been prices decreasing that there has maybe been a few collectors who are going and doing different things with their time or money. But I'd say in general, in general, there's a ton of people still collecting. There's a ton of people still talking about the hobby and there's a ton of people still enjoying the hobby, especially compared to three years ago before the massive price boom. Um, now what's different today versus the last two years is that people just do not have as much disposable income to spend on different random cards. Instead of me buying the 50 different cards that they buy, they buy the two that they want the most. I'd say that's pretty fair to say, right, Nate? Mm-hmm. And on top of that, um, it's that a lot of people are trying to move a lot of different cards in a short amount of time, either because they, they need cash or they want to buy something different or they have bought something different they need to reload. Whatever it is, I'm not going to sit here and try to pick apart why people are selling. So I want to make that clear that like everyone sells for their own reasons. Um, just because you're selling a player doesn't mean you don't believe in a player. Just because you're selling a card doesn't mean you don't believe in a card. Uh, like I said, everyone has their, their reasons for selling. But there is an issue, I'd say, that is making maybe the drops in the market seem especially bigger in the high-end side because there's a lot, a lot, of, a lot of cards that are selling in an extremely short amount of time from when they were purchased. I'm talking like two to ten months, like really, really like rare cards as we'd call them are selling in that small of a time frame. And I think it's causing an issue with making some of these prices seem like massive price drops because they are. But it's because these cards were never be supposed to be, I'd say, intended to be sold within six months as it is. Like the reason why one of ones and rare cards are become so valuable and have so many collectors chasing them is because you can't find them. So when you finally find that card, there's a lot of people who are trying to get it that one time and the price sells really big. Well, if they show up one, two, three, four times after that within a year, maybe not as much. We're going to see a lot of those different examples today. So everyone bear with me as we get to those examples. It'll be exciting to talk about. And uh, Nate, you got some happy birthday comments here from Ski. Look at that. Ski, thank you. Appreciate it. And Manny says, price is decreasing, friendships increasing within the hobby, best time in the hobby. And that is true. Friendships in the hobby is super important, and they do keep everyone uh, excited. I'd say excited about collectibles for sure. Um, all right, so we are looking at the weekly auction number 40 from last night. Nate threw together a nice little podium here for our Instagram page and for our YouTube show today. And Pele and Erling Holland sold within $2,500 or $2,400 of each other right there. Uh, the Pele Editor Aquarella PSA 5 versus the Erling Holland Orange 25 PSA 10. 
Uh, and then the Giannis Green BGS 10 sold as well for 17 grand. Best bang for the buck, voted on by the Instagram community. Not very surprised, 41% picked Giannis. However, I am, or I would say not surprised that Giannis won, but I am surprised that maybe didn't have more votes because I would say like anyone who's like strictly basketball, baseball, or football, Nate, would vote for the Giannis. Yep. And then you kind of have the soccer collectors split between taking the modern early Holland or the vintage Pele. But there's a lot of votes going towards the Pele and the Holland there. Yeah. Um, you know what I thought was pretty cool was uh, you look at this list and what do you notice? No Americans. All no Americans, true. Art. I thought that was pretty cool. And Nate, sorry, go ahead. These were three of the four highest selling cards. The Pele and the Holland were the highest two. And then there's a LeBron and then Giannis. So I was, I was going to ask you actually, if those were like basically the most highest or most expensive cards from last night, because I presume that they were because of the other thing was like a Pokemon box or something like that. Yeah. And then also is now the time to sell Jalen Hurts cards. Uh, there's a huge increase on the two, uh, two PSA 10 green, slash black snake skin also it looks awesome with the eagles jersey like, that's just such a great looking card it does it really really does but it uh it increased from forty four hundred dollars i think it was in january in january 2022 10 months later eleven thousand one hundred. so while there are you know different price drops going uh happening across the board there are players bucking that trend jalen hurts you know bryce harper players like that who are making a huge difference but that that pool is rather small um, compared to, you know, like Trevor Lawrence, who got super hyped up at the start of the season, loses four games in a row now. Man, that's not looking so good if you bought Trevor Lawrence cards four weeks ago. Uh, are we hitting the point where it's possible every single quarterback from this from that draft just stinks? Well, I was never really a big fan of the whole, like, buy any of these five guys anyways. I never thought that any of them were really, like, that impressive to, you know, obviously Burrow and, and Herbert were impressive when they played. There wasn't really much impressiveness going on across that 2021 class. Not last year. And, uh, yeah, not this year either. Pretty disappointing. Yeah, not, not looking great there. What's up, Bazooka Tom? Now, to switch the tide here and uh, start talking about the discussion about the is there a supply issue in the market, the reason why I had this idea and everything was I was watching the PWCC premiere auction the other night, and I noticed this card, the 2017 Prism Gold Vinyl, numbered off five, rookie 9.5 of Patrick Mahomes. I noticed that sold for $138,000. Now, I've also seen that card sell a couple different times just off the top of my head from watching different auctions and stuff like that. And the last time it sold before that was three months ago, or two months ago in the August premiere auction um, for $360K. So, but that was not the same copy, okay? The one for $360,000 was not the same number. Like, it was not number five out of five. That sold for 138000 four days ago. Now, the ones that were the same numbering, numbered five out of five, was one that sold a year ago for $400,000. And then one that sold three years before that for $512. Nate, the first time this card ever sold publicly was $512 for the numbered five out of five BGS 9.5. That's amazing. It then sold... It is amazing. It then sells three years later for $400,000, which is even crazy. No, which was the even... same guy. Yeah, which was the same guy. Do you see the Instagram comment? I saw, I saw the comment, yeah. I was going to ask you, yeah, crazy, absolutely crazy. The person who bought it for five twelve sold it for four hundred grand. commented on our Instagram post. Congrats to him. And then there's, like I said, the other copy that dropped 10% to three hundred sixty, but that one that sold for four hundred grand, then sold for $138K one year later. So... In my estimation, the biggest problem here was the timing of this. 
with having that other one sell, obviously 360K is no slouch. Like, yeah, 10% decrease, it's kind of expected. But having a number out of five card sell that close to the same as that card number out of five, it just takes away that many more bidders that are bidding in that August auction. And um, that's kind of like an oversupply of rare cards to the point to where what is true rarity is the next question. A card that sells three times within a year, well, yes, that's not like a whole lot, but when we're talking 100000 plus can be considered rare. Um, we can talk more about that as we get to our next card, which is the Jerry Rice. Now, this was a 1997 Metal Universe PMG Green number 15 PSA 6. For those of you that watched two weeks ago, the Monday live stream, maybe this was just last week. I can't remember. No, two weeks ago. We did the products last week. Two weeks ago, um, Nate and I actually got to hold this card in our hand. It was on our live stream. Uh, Nate, some, you know, some people remembered better than others that they, in fact, held it in their hand. I texted Nate the, a picture of it when it hit 100K. He's like, oh, I think that that thing just sold. I'm like, no, this is the first time it's ever sold. The reason why you're saying that is because you literally held it five days ago. Um, I'd already forgotten. But it, it did just sell for 150 grand, and this is the most expensive 90s football card ever. Um, it's also the first time that this specific card has ever sold. So a card that's made in 1997, there's three times more copies out there, but it's the first time it's sold publicly within however many years that is. Uh, that would be 25 years, which is crazy. Uh, and that just kind of shows that, like, hey, this thing actually is very rare because it d- didn't show up in all that time. And I'm, I'm not saying every card never has to sell and then randomly sell, but also cards that show up three times within a year that are, like, multi-hundred-thousand-dollar cards. It just lends itself to price drops, especially in a, in a slower market. Now, I want to go and look because, like, that, those are just two examples. And that was just, you know, a, a way for us to get the discussion going on Instagram. But I was like, do you know what? I think there's been a lot of cards recently, like high-end, expensive cards I've seen that sold recently in October, but also sold in the last 10 months, like I said. Now, I'm also speaking from a position of someone that wouldn't be buying these cards, so I can't really understand um, maybe all of the reason of buying and then selling and then buying something else that's maybe really expensive that maybe you want more. Um, And I know that I can't speak for the people that are buying or selling them. Um, But I still think think it's, it's worth looking at and understanding uh, how these things are selling, how the supply is getting listed, and all that different type of stuff to to see, you know, what type of effect does that have on, on the market versus cards that don't sell very often. And obviously, this is discounting like Prism Silver's PSA 10s. And we're not looking even at Blue Op 199 PSA 10. A lot of this stuff, it's like one of ones, like super rare out of tens, maybe, or something like that. Like this is stuff to where for myself, I have made a few of these purchases in, in my lifetime, specifically in the last two years. Um, like my Mason Mount one of one Papadosh PSA 10 and my, my Gasly rainbow and then dynasty. Like there is no chance that I would be auctioning these cards off in the slightest right now. Like ever, like there's not, I want to say ever, but like right now there's no, I'd be auctioning these cards off because it's like, you know, uh, the reason why I probably paid so much for them is because I've really valued getting them in my collection. Also believing in the, the players, whatever, but it's because, you know, I think that they're, you know, eventually down the line, there's, it might be someone Who's like me at once that I can help you know pass on forward to in the collection versus just like buying something and then flipping in six months on auction that's super rare. It's just very difficult to do, and we'll show you why. So the first one here, Vince Carter Black One of One BGS 9.5 2004 Exquisite. This is the second year of Exquisite ever. Um, obviously Vince Carter is a big player uh, in the NBA and and everything in the 2000s. But eight thousand one hundred sixty dollars July 16, 2022 on Golden. There was also an alt auction that closed on Thursday night and sold for $3,250. Nate, that is a four-month hold and a $5,000 drop. 
So like that's the type of card where it's like there's no chance that if you buy you know that one of one where there's a lot of collectors probably going at it for the first time when it pops up in forever, you know the second time that that thing shows up, people either forget about it or they don't even see it or they have something else that they want to buy or whatever it is. It's like Nate, I'm sure you've been on the same boat as me before. You're at a show, you see a card, you really want it, you just don't pull the trigger. Three yep. months from then. Are you like, oh man, that's right. I won that card three months ago. Let me go bid on an eBay or a PWCC or wherever. No, I usually like, move on. Exactly. So like, that's the type of thing where or like, you spend that money that you were going to spend uh, yeah. on that, on something else. And now you don't have the money. Exactly. So there could have been three other people in this, you know, bidding war for the, for the one on July 16th, but those people spent the money and they don't have it or whatever it might be. Like we just said, like that's, that's a situation that that could play out. Now, this one is a BGS 8.5. And also, platform here is pretty irrelevant. Like, there's multiple different platforms where the cards are going between PWCC to gold and gold and PWCC, PWCC to alt, like, whatever it is. Like, these cards are moving all around the different platforms, and it's pretty much the same across the board how these prices are changing. But 2008 SP Authentic Varsity Letter City Name Michael Jordan Patch Auto 101 BGS 8.5. So this one's over $28,200 on March 19th. Resold seven months later. For sixteen thousand eight hundred. Now I don't. Obviously, that's not a game worn letter patch. Otherwise, that'd sell for way more than twenty eight thousand dollars to start. But like that's the situation where you know it's like two times within nine months or sorry seven months, just pulls away the luster. Mm-hmm. Here's one where I really don't understand this one. February twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. This is after Joe Burrow makes his first appearance in the Super Bowl. One of one immaculate Nike signature patch auto. 32,400 February 24th. Fast forward eight months later, $13,200 is a $20,200 drop. Now, in my estimation, watching the market and digging into some data and looking at a bunch of different cards and how the prices are moving, um, I would say for any standard like car that is, is rare but transacts you know a few times a year, but it's got a pretty big collecting base behind it, you're looking at like a 30% drop probably at this point somewhere around that range from the start of the year until now these drops that we're looking at right now nate they're like 60 to 70 percent drops and i don't think that that's i don't think that's a coincidence i think it's very very tied to that these one of ones and these out of fives are getting sold multiple times within a year yeah i mean some of it obviously is the current market but definitely not all of it yeah, yeah, and, th- and that's what I'm trying to point out. Like, you know, like there's like obviously current market stuff that leads to 30% drops in most cards, but this is a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, another one here, 2017 Prism Tom Brady Gold Op 10 BGS 9, 19,200, May 19th, 2022. Five months later, 8,400. It's overcut in half. Now, this one for multiple reasons. It could be that it's resold very quickly. It could be that Tom Brady's playing very poorly right now, that Buccaneers stink. There's a lot of just negativity, I think, around Tom Brady in general, yelling at his teammates, all that different stuff. So probably not – this is – I mean, I don't know. I feel like happened. you kind of brushed over that the Buccaneers stink part a little bit too quickly. Yeah, why don't you uh, uh, em- we, emphasize can we, can we go back to that real quick? Yeah. Um, they're stinking, and then there's losing to a 1-5 team that just traded their wide – their running back – their best – their star player, their running back, traded one of their wide receivers uh, like two weeks ago, and – was starting P.J. Walker as their quarterback. I never heard that guy's name until literally yesterday. Yeah. So, I mean, 
I mean, there's bad, and then there's this team is actively trying to tank to get like the first pick, and you lost to them twenty-one to three. Man, that really makes me feel a lot better as a Packer fan, at least about losing. Like it shouldn't. <laughs> it it shouldn't make- because one of our big wins this year was the Buccaneers. By 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 a little bit, not by a yeah. lot. <laughs> so I, that I was the Buccaneers that. without Godwin and without Mike Evans. Evans. Well, I don't feel better, but I just I look at them and I say, hey, at least it's not just us. Maybe that's yeah, Forty Niners, Buccaneers, the Packers, uh, the Chargers haven't been great. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are like. Uh, Raiders super disappointing, and then you got the Giants at six and one, and the Jets at five and two. But also, Jets just lost Brees Hall and their start one of their star defenders. I think he is. I can't exactly remember what position he plays, but running back. No, no, no. The other there's one more Nate. That, that's oh, 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 I get you. I didn't. Something. I didn't see. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. This Tucker guy is also hurt, hmm. which is crazy. But uh, yeah, so. A lot more can add into price drops, obviously, and just current market, and then just multiple cards being resold at a time. Then obviously the sports setting too. Now this one's pretty clear. Like this is this. Is, there's not much that you can say about something like this other than that is just resold way too fast. This card is sick, by the way. It's a 2017 Ultimate Collection. It's a uh, it's called the Rookie Tandem Shields. I don't know if that means that they're picturing their rookie jerseys. I have to look at the image closer. But Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl were not rookies in 2017, uh, but it's a it's a dual NHL logo shield number out of two BGS 9.5. Now it's over twenty two thousand dollars June fourth. Now yes, it is right around the Stanley Cup, uh, right around the end of the season. But they didn't make the Stanley Cup last year. And then you look and you see it resold two days ago for eight thousand four hundred on I mean, the same site too. Yeah, yeah. So that that's like this has nothing to do with moving platforms, right? This is golden bought, golden sold, losing sixty seven percent of its value. Um, just something where it's like there's just and they bought it right in time to sell it at the start of the new season. So, so that's the other thing I actually want to point out Nate, is that some of these things you can tell maybe like people are using the theories. You buy it in the off season or right when the off season hits and then you sell at the start of the season, as we've seen baseball, it works out well with, but we're talking like cards that are like 50 to a thousand dollars. We're not talking cards that are one of ones. I have twos that are $22,000. Um, yeah. That's where this, this changes, right? Like this is not talking about necessarily the, obviously the smaller end of the market. This is looking at the very rare side of the market and taking these cards that are, that get built up uh, bidding wars on them and then resold so quickly after that to where, you know, you'd kind of hope that like, yeah, you buy a McDavid once he gets eliminated and swept in the playoffs and you sell at the start of the season. Maybe you do decent on it. Um, not the case when it's a card that that people flock to when it gets sold for the first time and then forget about it the second time. If there's anything you want to learn here, don't be second auctioning off a card that's really rare. Nope. Unless you hold it for multiple years. And we'll talk about that later. Uh, this is another one that... that hey, is- interesting that you yeah. brought up don't be second. Um, oh my gosh! Get, I'm about to mute you. I think I can mute you. <laughs> you don't even know what I was gonna say. You're about to say last night how I got second place or something. Oh like, yeah, you do know what I was gonna say. I got first place in our in our uh, guess the uh, guess the final card. No big deal. Whatever. Just another day at work. <sighs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let I'll let him get that one on me. It's his birthday today. I can't get mad at him. Oh. Right. That's right. 
but but what's up big john how we doing and also everyone feel free to uh feel free to give your thoughts as we're going tonight too in in this in this little breakdown of all these different sales and auctions and everything brian says trey lands is still a buy um i would say definitely watch the market as the year gets even further along um as the holiday season rolls around everything as people literally don't care about trey lance at all or the 49ers maybe at all like maybe that's when you want to pick up a couple of trey lance cards uh because there might be even bigger drops up to that point and then Bazooka Tom says, bye, 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 Brady. Uh, I'm not sure if we're at the bottom yet for Brady over the next, you know, six months in the next season. Like, there's a chance that this season just goes very, very, very poorly, even more poorly than it has. I was going to say he spelled bye wrong. It's B-Y-E. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, combining the instinct song with Brady there. But um, looking back at these sales, so this is another one just like the last one, Golden the Golden. is a $90,000 Dynasty Lewis Hamilton number out five, an absolutely sick card, a card that you wouldn't expect to be resold from, from May to the end of the season, but it was. It was re-auctioned off, and it was cut by 50%, $90,000 down to $43,200. That's um, And I love Lewis Hamilton just as much as the next guy, but there's no chance if I'm spending, and I wouldn't, but spent 90K in May. Was I willing to auction off that card right now um, in in a down market when Mercedes did not have a good year? Lewis still doesn't want to race yet. Uh, this is something where you, when you buy, I guess what I'm trying to say here, and we can talk about this as we go more so, is like if you are spending high dollars on cards, like obviously it's up to you. It's it's your money. You can do what you want. But for me, when I've bought my expensive pieces, I'm like, I have no plans to sell this. Like soon, if something happens that is like. Aaron, you got to sell us. Like, Mason Mount just won back-to-back Champions League, scored the game when you go, all this different stuff. Then, like, maybe I'll let the biggest piece go if the price is right. But, like, you really need to be thinking about these things when you're spending a lot of money on these cards, even if you are in a position of being able to spend all the money, you know, versus myself or anything like that. Just because I don't want people to, to sit there and just try to play the normal buy in the preseason sell – sorry, buy in the offseason sell at the preseason like that McDavid, and as we'll see with a different couple different cards – and then end up losing like 40% of their value on these things because they are such high-end ones. It really is the right buyer, the right time. You never know who wasn't watching the auction at a specific time. It's not to say that auctions can't work. It's just a lot of the times, if you have that two to three years where you can actually see the market mature a lot, you know that it's the right time to auction, and you know you're going to do pretty well um, versus like right now. Question, yeah, how many of these people do you think are just people that over-leverage themselves? Spent ninety thousand dollars, maybe on a loan or something. It was like, yeah, I can make this, I can make this money. Uh, just have to hold till this point, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Well, crap, I have to sell because bills come and due." Because uh, we know people. I won't give out names or cards, but we know a guy that bought a big card off of a loan, and then it worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I gotta imagine there are some people that are doing that and realizing that they're taking huge losses and just have to get the money back. I mean, that's definitely possible. And the boy said, was just thinking the same thing, Nate. Um, it's possible, right? Like people, like I said, they all have to, people have to sell for their different reasons. Um, and I, I, I don't want to put a number to how many people are, are doing that, you know, with cards like these. But it's also possible that the people who are buying these cards and selling them also just have a super huge um, budget specific, specifically for cards where it's like, okay, maybe my Lewis Hamilton did go from 90,000 to 43,200. But at the same time, so did that Mike Trout that I want so much more than I think I can make more money on the next five years where I'll take that 43200 and I'll put into this, you know, blue refractor auto 95 of Mike Trout. And I think that's a better position, right? So like, there's possible there's a lot of different people 
who are selling these things, buying new things. We just don't know and have no way of knowing. Um, but I think it's worth at least thinking about all the different reasons why people might um, just do that. And uh, Chris says, people need to stop using 2020 or 2021 comps to sell at shows. Take the L and move on. Um, I will say that, you know, I, I, going to shows recently, you find tables that have got great prices and you buy a lot of stuff from. Like in Minnesota, when I went to the show, I had a great time. I was doing some trades. I was buying some, you know, 15 30 $50 cards for some nice prices. But then you go to some other shows and you see some tables that have got, you know, normal run-of-the-mill stuff that you're like, well, that stuff's kind of high price, right? And I think there still are a lot of people who are trying to go to shows and maybe sell off some cards at the higher prices. But in all actuality, it might just decrease the odds that that person might go to the next show because like, I'm just going to see more of those tables that they're just not willing to you know, move with the market. And the way I think about this, Nate, is if you're willing to you know, be involved in the market and, and make money as the market was expanding, growing, all that stuff, you should be just as willing to move with the market on cards you want to move. Like, I'm not going to put out a car that I don't want to sell because I know I want more in the future for it. So I'm not just going to put it out there, put it out there. But like, you should be willing to move with the market back down as the market adjusts and evolves and keep collectors in and keep on going. Like, the more you can buy, sell, and trade along with the market, the better you'll end up versus just sitting on one card and not selling it. Yeah, but that that takes into account that the people are actually in the market for being in the market and not they saw it as a quick buck. That's fair, but I also presume that if you are traveling to shows, that you have a little bit more, uh, you know, it takes takes some effort to do that versus just. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. A lot more effort than just hopping on eBay. Yeah, yeah, throwing up for high, buy an hour, buy um, whatever. Speaking of selling cards at 2021 highs, uh, I just got a couple of um sweet select soccer card psa 10s in the mail aaron and if slab stocks wants to buy them for the 2020 prices when i send them in let me know uh uh i'll, I'll even i'll even cut 10 percent off the sticker price for you you'll, you'll do me 20 or 10 percent off yeah that's just an absolute absolute steal well well that's marcus rashford psa 10 based over for 12 dollars i'm rich <laughs> Uh, but Man, no, that I, card, I kid you not. When I sent that in, hundred bucks. And I and I have to say, Nate, that happened to a lot of people. Like, there's a lot of people who did have a lot of cards more than just three that were sitting there for those two years. You know, imagine if you had like a hundred card submission there instead of just a rash from the Gareth Bale. Yeah, dude, that would I twelve bucks a card times a hundred, and then you and then you get those was, cards back. Was that it just twelve? Was it just twelve? Because that was later once they already rose the prices. I thought. It, well, that's what we got charged twelve bucks a card. I I didn't remember. You know how those prices changed so much between those six months when they were backlog was exploring, trying to cool it down, moving from twelve to twenty to twenty five, whatever. But either way, yeah, man, that's crazy. Um, we got some good comments here. I want to point out. I want to point out. Uh, Bazooka Tom doesn't even like Brady, but he says not at the bottom yet. Who is ever going to win the? for quarterback seven Super Bowl titles. It's nuts. There will be greats like Mahomes and Allen, but when they struggle to get one or two, Brady will forever be the GOAT. I got to say, Nate, I saw this stat that Patrick Mahomes through 115 games or whatever his career has been so far. That's too many. That's way too many. Sorry, I don't remember what the stat was. <laughs> that's that's too many. Either either way, my point is this, is that through the certain amount of games that he's played, he's first well, and Well, wait, wait, let's think about this. Think about this. We can figure it out without looking it up. 16 games in 2018. Didn't play in 2017, right? 
See, but Nate, we're trying not to waste a bunch of 16, time. 16, 16, or 16, 17, and then whatever this year is. So 16 times 3 is 48, plus 17 70. is 70. 65. I got 70 here on pro football reference. All Maybe right. that's in, yeah. Either five way. Game, five games this year? <laughs> whatever. Through 70 games, he's got the most passing yards and most passing touchdowns of any quarterback through that many games. And I was thinking, I'm like, you know what? The you know how much of the the era has changed with now. There's so much more passing than there was ten years ago. I'm like, sure, if he stays healthy, he's probably going to break the records for most passing yards, most passing touchdowns. But at the end of the day, that stuff just shifts as the era changes. You know, the stats like you see Matt Ryan in the top ten or something for passing yards now. Like, who's sitting there telling you that Joe Namath is worse than Matt Ryan or something like that, right? Um, but in in reality, it's like. You know, Mahomes might have two or three Super Bowls when his career is done. How much will those passing stats matter when he's just, you know, racking up stats with the passing era versus consistently winning titles? It's hard to tell. And, you know, people are paying a lot of money, obviously, for his cards. So it's something to think about. Yeah. Um, personally, uh, I do kind of like this. Will said it, afternoon, gents. This is all just typical boomer bust cycle. I'm a big buyer right now. And uh, for me... <coughs> I had so much fun back when we were buying prospects and flipping them uh, before we started slab stocks. And I wouldn't mind if prices got back to that, where it's like justifiable to buy a risky prospect for a significantly less risky price. You're saying like out of release type of deal. Yeah. So like where Julio Rodriguez is like a hundred dollar base auto versus like a $700 base auto. Correct. Cause that's what it was, right? He was like a hundred bucks. Was- but like, there's no, there's probably no more – okay, maybe – I don't know. You tell me because you you know it's more than me. Like the difference between Julio Rodriguez and Jackson Churio at the moment that they're always released, Julio Rodriguez was like way up in the upper echelon still as prospect. Maybe not in top five at the time, obviously. But at least from like – He was he was significantly lower than Churio will be when his pro- – Yeah, but Churio also might be close to $1,000. Yeah. But but it, so when when Rodriguez released at 100, 120 bucks a base auto, I couldn't pull the trigger because I said to myself, I just bought a Juan Soto for one hundred and thirty five dollars. How in the world can I spend one hundred to one hundred twenty on Julio Rodriguez? That makes I, no I, sense. I think that was two years prior. You bought the Soto for like one hundred and twenty, right? Something around there. Um, Maybe It was probably prior? 2018, 2017. Yeah, yeah, because I remember it was the year he made his debut, 2018. Yeah, which is and it was early in the season before he actually debuted, right? Yeah, it was like in April. Got you. Uh, Chris says Trey Lance is not a buy. He <laughs> says he's Justin Fields 2.0, a terrible investment. Brooke says the offseason of buying for Trout, Acuna, Soto, Tatis, Vlad. Big seasons will come next year, I believe, as they all have a lot to prove. Maybe none bigger than Tatis there. He's got a lot to prove. <laughs> um, Let's see here. What else do we got here? Baseball Brownie says, hello, guys. Happy birthday, Nate. Ayo. Thank you. Anyone want to buy my Brock Deathridge Auto Refractor Cars PSA 10, even though he retired in 2021? Hello. What happened to him? I don't even know who that is. Brock Deathridge. Best name in baseball. <laughs> I is he a, Was he a pitcher? Or was the best name in baseball? I believe he was a Tigers prospect, but <clears throat> don't, don't quote me on that because that is uh, this is a faulty memory considering we just talked about the fact that I didn't remember I held a uh, cherry rice green PMG like 10 days after I held it. So got you. Um, 
Crisp says people talking about Brady's cards taking. You should take a look at Rogers cards. Wilson Brady, Ro- oh, sorry, Wilson Brady, Rogers, Lamar have taken big dips. And yeah, I mean honestly, you got to really be careful about buying quarterbacks heading into the season. There's always so like there's always I feel like Nate, no matter who it is, unless you're just like absolute garbage, even garbage guys like Carson Wentz, people just like expect the most, expect everything yeah. from them. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, there is a there is definitely a. Uh... You know, to Chris's point, <clears throat> there is a pattern there of the quarterbacks that have been dropping, and it's they haven't played well. Outside of Lamar's first couple weeks, he's been pretty bad. He has been. Um, which is a, a huge disappointment to me, a large Lamar Jackson fan. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, all those guys have looked rough as can be. With Rodgers, I mean, I, there's no hope. There's no hope for this Packers team. Offensive line is trash. Wide receivers are trash and injured. Yeah, we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> Play calling is trash. Maybe no work to do and just hope the season ends. Um, Here we go. Let's move on to the next one. So this one is maybe the most interesting of all of them. 2014 Flawless Giannis, Patch Auto at 25 BGS. A beautiful card. One of my favorite sets ever. I did sell my Flawless at the National. This is the Jumbo Patch from the same set. But so for $8,100, and within one month and nine days, it was flipped on alt for $65.45. Dude, why don't you buy it back? Well, sell, yeah. one, of your, sell one of your peer Gasleys who won't do anything. Well, uh, do you know what's funny, Nate? Do you know what's funny? What? Is that I should, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to take the Kirill Kaprizov to, the, to, to Toronto when I go to the expo, see if I can sell that. See if there's any profit to be made in it. Take the profit and see how much I can get towards a flawless Giannis back and see if I can get one for free. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I mean, yeah, that's not the guy I was thinking about you selling, but <clears throat> I like it. Well, remember, you want to sell when there's profit there, in my opinion, not sell if there's a loss there. Also, yeah. I'm very, I'm very, very confident in Alpine's progression. They have a fast car, bro. Pierre Gasly can do some nice things next year if they get some reliability fixes. I hope that there's a good battle for podiums between like four to five teams next year. But we don't have to, we don't have to discuss that a lot here. We can move on. Uh, uh, one last question. One last yeah. question, real quick. Go ahead. With Max Verstappen as good as he is, Red Bull as good as they are, I assume there aren't going to be a lot of contenders for championships in the next coming years well the the hope is is that what you know this was the first year of the new regulations they switched the regulations like every six years i think a lot of the time what you see at least what i've kind of heard is that historically there's like a team that just smacks it out of the park um you know with with the right new regulations in the first year and then a lot of the teams in that next off season develop so much further and then catch up to them maybe not all the way and yes a team or a team can dominate for a full regulation run like mercedes did and like red bull when they won four straight and everything back with vettel so the hope is that it gets a lot closer next year but even the year after that maybe it will take two seasons but i mean eventually if we can get to the point to where there's four teams winning a race in the year and like five contending for a podium at any given time that's like that'd be amazing that'd be amazing racing to watch we're not there yet obviously very stopping has 13 wins this year three races left He's got three win- 13 wins this year, three races left. He has tied the record. I was looking, though, at the amount of races that they've raced. Uh, each driver, he's driven 19, or he's raced 19 this year. Vettel raced in 19 the year. He had 13, but Schumacher did 18. 
the year that he had 13. So if Max wins the next three races, his win percentage will go at the highest for a given season over Schumacher's. So right now, like, yes, he's tied, but he'll end up racing more by the end of the year, obviously. If he wins the next three, then that's going to be a big discussion. Um, Chris, I'm telling you now, and not because Aaron likes the guy, but Mason Mount will have a huge impact in Qatar. We talk nothing more about that because I do not want to jinx it, and we will hopefully watch that happen, Chris. <laughs> All right, this one is 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 definitely interesting. Anthony Edwards, uh, this is the P- this one was very easy to track. A PSA seven Nike logo patch auto out of three, pretty easy to track. Nate, when you see it come up multiple times, uh, yep. it sold for seventy five grand back February 6, twenty twenty two. What's up, Peg Junk? Two mm-hmm. months two months later, it actually increased in price seventy five k to eighty seven k. It sold on PWCC Premier, and then it also just resold through PWCC Premier, but this time quite the drop 87k to $39,600 it it does not make a lot of sense looking at a card like this selling three times within a year um this was at the point um oh my god david's actually in the chat this is my buddy who went to vegas with me from high school it says mason mount's wash polizic will destroy penguin i can't believe he's here watching right now that's really really struck me uh off guard um gotta have something better to do <laughs> that's what i was thinking but uh, hey, it's boy Anthony Edwards uh, dropping like a rock there in the Nike logo patch PSA 7. But it, really, the, the thing here is, is anytime this car, a car like that pops up that many times, it's just going to drop. Anthony Edwards, like obviously, I think coming to this year, a lot of people are very excited about him. A lot of people are very excited about the Wolves. They've done okay to start the year. They took a bad loss to the to the Thunder. Um, but other than <laughs> but other than that, at least I think it's the Thunder. Um, yeah, it was. Oh no, maybe it's the Jazz. No, it's the Jazz who they who they traded with. Um, they uh, you know, he's he's been scoring and everything like that. So we'll see, we'll see what happens from here with this. Uh, and also, Ski says, how do you buy a card in September and then auction it a month later? That is gambling at its best. I think that's the point here is a lot of this is gambling. Um, if you did buy these cards and like like this is what Nate and I have said, I think for a long time. Like you could probably go back and listen to the podcast of our six hundred episodes and at least find it some point three or four years ago. I said at a certain point that when I'm buying cards, I would like to buy thinking maybe in six months I could sell it, you know, kind of with the seasonality swings. But that doesn't mean I have to sell it then. Like, you never want to buy a card where you're at the mercy that – and, okay, don't get me wrong. If the player starts stinking and you lose belief in them or you lose belief in the card set and it's better to cut your losses and move on to the next thing, there's not that's not that's there's no shame in that. But if you buy a card that you're like, Man, I need to sell this in the next three months. I'm gonna buy today, and I've got to auction it three months from now. I don't think that that's a smart way to <laughs> interact in the market. Nate, would you agree with that? I agree. Uh, I have another way that's not smart to interact with the market. Say you buy a random player. Well, take Dylan Cease. Let's say you buy Dylan Cease. Say I don't know last October, November, with an eye towards selling this season. And then he does really well and potentially wins a Cy Young. And then you still have the card sitting in your basement, say, within an arm length of you. Is that a smart selling strategy? Sounds like that Nate's got caught into the trap of uh, forgetting to sell something. Yeah. You know, some of, I was going to sell it and then I just couldn't bring myself to do it. <laughs> I, I don't know. Sometimes I get, I get uh, caught up in some of these littler cards where i'm like yeah that's a great buy i'm gonna sell it and then i'm like but it was a great play i don't want to sell it now yeah exactly it happens it happens you know what's still sitting in uh in our basement over in uh wisconsin which i'll have to get out there eventually and sell the early holland that you that you uh that you snagged the gold wave oh yeah i'm excited about that one but uh 
but Chris, Chris said Ellinger buyers triggered. <laughs> well, I can't wait to post my update post on Sam Ellinger cards tomorrow because inevitably you're we're gonna look at Car Ladder sales history tonight. Also, got a shout out Car Ladder Pro. The way we got all this data for tonight, giving us data back 15 years and looking at all the different marketplaces, which is huge. I'd never be able to do this without Car Ladder this episode tonight because it sums up all the different marketplaces in the one in the sales history. Like I would have had to spend I don't know 10 hours making this presentation. It took me like 30 minutes maybe. Uh, but impressive. Yeah. Well, I also. I should say hours of watching the auctions throughout the last 10 months to actually understand which cards have been reselling. So it helped me out spending other time out there. But um, I just, I know that there's already Sam Ellinger cards that have sold for like over $500 today because he's not the new starting quarterback on an NFL team. It doesn't matter what your name is, what team you're playing on. If you're named a starter, your cards will sell. That is something we've learned. <laughs> and inevitably they'll probably sell for less 10 months from now. And Dylan says, I sold my Hertz and scribed on PWCC last night. Did pretty well for a 9-10 to 10 month flip. Well, congrats to Dylan. Uh, one of the uh, very few probably that's uh, that that has, you know, done exceptionally well, I'd say. You know, because it's got to be Jalen Hurts, Bryce Harper, one of those guys that really made a big difference. Um, Can you believe, you believe that, that Hertz red zone we pulled has now become a massive card? Yeah, I remember that. I remember we pulled that and it's probably like a few hundred dollars or something. Still waiting to, for Jake Rom to rise from the Jake Fromm to rise from the dead. Well, same here at Jacob Beeson. We pulled enough Jacob Beeson to service a bunch of collectors for the rest of their lives. It's true. <laughs> um, I'll go pretty pretty quickly through his next few ones because a lot of them are more of the same. So here's another Anthony Edwards sold January eighth, twenty twenty two, one hundred forty four thousand. Flipped within ten months, eighty one thousand. Another one of one rookie resold very fast. This one a little bit smaller of a card here. So March twentieth, twenty twenty two. Nate, this is what I was thinking. When we're talking about buying the offseason, selling in the preseason or towards the start of the season, mm-hmm. this card was bought March 20th, 2022. When you're starting to maybe think about like which quarterback should I buy, a select gold out of 10 PSA 10 sold in the PWCC weekly auction, Justin Herbert, $9,300. Fast forward seven months later, it cuts in half pretty much to 5100 sold uh, two nights ago on Golden. Here's one that's this one's tough to look at. This is uh, Khabib here, uh, 2022 Prism Black, one of one flashback, PSA 10. June 4th, 2022, sold for $22,800, but just four months later, it was resold on auction for $7,200. That's that's the, like that's one where it's like, I cannot believe buying a one-of-one auction within three months or four months. Um, another one here, Justin Herbert. This was a one-year hold, so this was a little bit longer, um, but more of the same. $96,000 for a field-level PSA 10 black Night on October twenty third, twenty twenty one, October twentieth, twenty twenty two, forty nine. Excuse me, forty nine thousand two hundred dollars. So even within a year, that one um, did not do so hot. And then this one was another four month hold. Justin Herbert, White Sparkle Auto one of one PSA nine of the ten auto one hundred two thousand dollars down to seventy two thousand dollars. This was an interesting one. Juan Soto Bowman Chrome Red Auto PSA seven sold three times in the last year. It actually dipped middle of the season one hundred forty four k. And surprisingly, actually, rose fifty, whatever that is, uh, forty-eight thousand dollars, Nate, since the dip to one hundred forty-four. Now, still isn't made back up to the twenty twenty-one value, but it did increase in the last four months. So, I guess that one inside twenty twenty-two, you could actually say worked out. Uh, NT Luca, you know, five hundred dollars or five hundred thousand dollars to million dollars sold three times last year as well. Honestly, a ten percent drop, not too bad. One year, considering the rest of these cards. Right. No, I. Oh, wait, which one on this one? Luca, Luca. 
Oh, the Luca, yeah, exactly. From a million then to nine hundred thousand dollars. Um, something in between there. Yeah, the same as like one for five hundred four thousand dollars. So I don't know if that was just perfect timing. Sometimes you know how you just say right place, right time, right, mm-hmm. right price, and everything. You just catch some people aren't looking. Nine hundred thousand dollars on October twentieth, and then Tom Brady finest moments super factor out of one of one BGS nine. This one's from twenty two thousand down to thirteen thousand two hundred. And another finest super fractal one of one that was resold within four months of Tom Brady. 66 grand to 27 grand. That one is tough. Definitely tough. Now, coming up next, we're going to talk about, hey, what happens when cards are actually held for a decent amount of time before they're resold? Um, that's our next briefer topic. Because there's not as many that worked out um, as like finding examples versus these ones that have dropped a lot in a short amount of time. But I do want to mention really quick, just because we are – Less than a week away now. We need to have cards in hand for Slabstocks grading by October 29th is October 24th. So please hop on to Slabstocks.com slash grading. If you do want to get your cards graded at SGC right now, uh, the new price drop from SGC helped us lower our price to $18 per card, the cheapest you'll find out there, the lowest you'll find out there. And uh, the most recent turnaround time, it was still four business days, even on the $18 per card, which is amazing to see. Um, so And also free auto grades, uh, as always, too. And no upcharges post-2000. So... If you do want to get your cards in for the next submission, you pretty much have to submit your order tonight or tomorrow morning and get them shipped tomorrow um, or even a couple days after if you do priority mail or something like that. But slabstocks.com slash grading is where you can go to find that. Dylan, curious on your thoughts on the soccer market. Slow down seeing engagement in groups down 30% of the month before the World Cup is very scary. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think that that we've talked about this a lot in different shows here on Slabstocks Live. I talked about it on our market report with Card Talk. Honestly, the biggest problem with this World Cup is that's happening in the middle of a of a Premier League club season and La Liga and Bundesliga. There are a lot of injuries that are happening. Reese James is going to miss the World Cup. Um, a lot of other players are going to miss the World Cup too. Diego Jota, and then on top of that, it's happening during like every other major sports season: NFL, NHL, NBA, mm-hmm. MLB World Series is wrapping up right now. Like, there's a lot of things that are in the way that people who maybe normally wouldn't interact with soccer or soccer cards would have time to during the summer if obviously barring vacations or whatever. But that's because that would be like the only thing going on other than the MLB regular season and Formula One on the weekend. So it's just very poor timing for this World Cup. And yes, it was something that was foreseeable, but until you get closer to it and start thinking about with the market and how it's interacting, you know, people have all the time to spend in the world watching everything. It kind of makes sense. And we'll see. There's definitely going to be cards that do well. There's going to be cards that don't do well. Kind of how it's been going. I mean, we'll see what happens. You think maybe it's just like too much of a buildup to one thing. Like there was, there was too much focus put on uh, the entire market's focus was on only one singular event that there was like, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know how to formulate my, uh, you're saying, then we talked about this too. And on different shows that I've done is so many people were saying 2022 world cup is the time that I'm going to sell. It's the time that I need that I need to buy soccer cards for. It's the time I need to sell soccer cards at. To when you have so many people operating in, in the market with that thought process, it creates for massive times where people are buying all at one time, and massive times where people are selling all within some period of time around the World Cup. And yeah, Nate, I do agree. I think more people that are in the soccer card market who are watching games on the weekends, no matter if it's in May, no matter if it's in August or during the World Cup, um, it'll make the market healthier. And we've seen a lot more of that than what there was three years ago. 
Um, but obviously there's still a group of people, I think, who did set the stage right now for selling right now for the World Cup who are selling regardless. And it's just going to – I think I think it will create a pretty decent time to buy if you have players you believe in, let's say, three years, two years from now type of deal. Um, yeah. I just – it's it's crazy to me because it would be like people buying baseball cards only to sell at the playoffs. No other time. Like, oh, I have to sell at the playoffs. No matter what card I buy from October till – August, I got to make sure I sell it at the playoffs. Like, that would be insanity. Yeah, and I think the thing is there's a lot of people that were buying maybe soccer cards or ones that wouldn't be watching, like, the Champions League round of 16, to where you'd have no idea who's playing well, so you wouldn't know who to sell. So you just set that, like, arbitrary time frame. So I think that's kind of like what it was, and I think we are seeing a lot of that play out right now. All right, so what happens when cards are held? So not every example here is going to be held for more than a year. Uh, I'll talk about that as we get to them. But just want to point out that this all kind of stems from the green PMG, none of them really selling. And then one sells for 150 K and yes, that's a huge sale. And it's like, wow, great sale. You know, nineties, all time high sale, a lot different wording than 150,000 Patrick Mahomes, which still seems like a lot of money, but it's like $200,000 less than I was selling for. Like there's a totally different type of, you know, rhetoric here for good reason, right? Like the, the rice hasn't sold. And this is a big sale for nineties football cards when the Mahomes has dropped a lot. Uh, this card, I, I could not find any public sale of this card. This one's really interesting. 2007 Upper Deck Triple Logo Man here. Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Tony Parker. Game used one of one. I think that's a pretty legendary basketball card when you consider dynasties in the NBA. These three did run a dynasty. Um, during the era of, you know, even Kobe and LeBron being so good and everything, these mm-hmm. three stuck together and played super well and won multiple championships. Tim Duncan specifically has won a ton. Um but $91,200, like, it's a lot of money to anyone. But, like, that's you, – you, we can't sit here – and I want to point this out, too. Like, we can't sit here and say, oh, this card sold a year ago for this, but now it's worth this. So, technically, like, this card could have sold for more a year ago. And it might have if, if, if it was up at auction. But the deal is is that we would never we would never know. And I can pretty much guarantee you this card would have sold for less than $91,000 at auction if it did sell for one year ago. Um, the fact that this just popped up now is going to get more collectors out of their seat to go get a card they've never seen before in a time that maybe where the market isn't as certain, but it's something that they know they can't replace um, versus a card that pops up two or three times within a year. You kind of, at that point already have the whole, Oh, I can definitely replace it. If it's going to sell again type of deal in your head. This one's pretty wild. So now I know a lot, you know, a lot changed with the overall market from 2019 till now, but a, a non-graded Wayne Gretzky PMG green out of 10. So for $995, January 31st, 2019, one just sold for the first time since then this past weekend, a PSA 7 for $62,400, Nate. So, and like I said, you know, a year ago, if this thing sells, it's going to sell for more than 62 k maybe, but I know it's going to sell for less than 62 k if it also sold a year ago. I mean, that obviously would be exciting to pull that back in 2012, 2013, but like, <clears throat> imagine if somebody told you, hey, if you wait 10 years, you can sell this for $60,000. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's insane. Bazooka Tom says, I'm sending 100 cards tomorrow. I'll be interested to, see, interested to see how long it takes for him to come back. Well, Bazooka Tom, we hope you hop on slabsocks.com slash grading tonight or tomorrow. Uh, we will provide you the best service that you can get. Email notifications every step of the way. And if you have any questions, please let me know. I'm happy to answer. Now, this is one where, you know, Ovechkin's market has actually dropped, I feel like, um, since last year till this year although i mean maybe not last year this year i should say since the end of the season till now but maybe okay let me re 
absolutely retract everything I just said. I'm trying to figure out what I'm trying to say. My point here is that this is a 2005 The Cup honorable numbers numbered out of eight BGS 8.5 of Alexander Ovechkin. So for $12,000, actually my birthday of 2021, I just realized. Feel but it. a year and four months later, it resells an auction for $19,200. This card is not to be seen since then. It's not to be seen really before that 2021 sale, most likely. I um, forget the exact numbers, but... Either way, I mean, another increase there because it was held for over a year, and it's a card that people do really want to collect and have in their collection. Another one to point out is that the second highest Mike Trout card um, that has sold publicly in auction sold four nights ago. Red Refractor, oh, number five, BGS 9.5, went for $1 million, $1 million and $80,000, and that is over $100,000 gain since 2020. And you might sit here and say, yeah, it's not that much for two years. Well, I would argue since 2020, if you do have a car that gains $100,000, you'd be pretty happy regardless of what that card is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's obviously one that didn't sell for two and a half years. And I think that does, you know, even I'd say, Nate, almost Mike Trout, Mike Trout's perception since then to the greater market is way lower than it was in 2020. But a, a very strong sale, I would say, because it hasn't been resold that often, like the yeah. out of five of Mahomes. Did Mike Trout buy it? That's the question people that was, I, I tweeted that. I tweeted that. I quote tweeted from PWCC and said, well, did Mike Trout buy it? That's the real question. Um, M. Clipper says, the more that gets flipped will cause the prices to slowly go down over time. It's just supply and demand. Definitely. Definitely M. Clippers. Because you're also taking out demand every single time it's sold. If you're the person that helped in the bidding war to get it up to whatever amount it sold at, and then you're the one selling and taking yourself out of the bidding, that's just one less person too. So it's more supply and less demand at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now this one's and interesting. How many people can really afford cards like this, realistically? Yeah. So like, so then you're talking about a smaller group of people that need to be watching the auction at the exact time twice in a row too, because the group is just smaller versus a wider buying base. Mm-hmm. It's a great, great point, Nate. Um, Golden. This was a raw at the time. A Jalen Suggs. This is the blockchain signed and inscribed. I think he said, uh, "Take care of it for me" or something on there. Uh, sold for nine thousand dollars, August twentieth. And then two years later, no, sorry, not two years, two months later, it actually got graded a PSA 8, but sold for $2,000 more. So um, that was just an interesting anomaly, I guess, is what I'm trying to point out, is that it's not like every single card is that is flipped as a one-of-one one loses 50% of the value. But I bet that they probably would lose a lot of the value. So don't look at this example and say, oh, let me try to do that and grade it and then sell it, because it probably won't work out like that. Um, but now here's one that was held for, again, a year and four months. Like someone who bought Erling Holland probably said, hey, I'm happy to sell it at X time. Well, Erling Holland absolutely goes off, says this is the time I should sell because I know his market has increased. A year and four months later, it goes from 29000 to 38000 the exact same card, 10 out of 10, BGS 10. Like that's like physically how buying these higher end pieces in my mind, Nate, it works is that you buy it. You get to a point where you know that, like, hey, his market perception is where I want it to be, and then you sell it. Mm-hmm. Or you hold it longer. And the same thing here with Aaron Judge. You buy a Super Fractor Aaron Judge BGS 9.5 a year ago. It sold for $4,000. It just sold in the premier auction four nights ago for $16,800. That's over a four times increase. That's one where there was something that you know told you you should auction, and it worked out. Uh, Chris, hey, real quick, Chris says... Uh... Retail needs to autocorrect. If you go to Fred Meyer, the grocery store, they sell all their blaster boxes for $20. That's crazy. Merlin, Tops Chrome, Prism, Optic, they're all 20 bucks a blaster box. That's crazy. Crazy cool, I might add, because it is very cool. $35 blaster boxes at Walmart, that's not working. That is no. not working. No. 
especially when it's like <clears throat> if retail is for kids, like like people like to say, it's like, oh, retail's for kids. You know, they can't afford a hobby box. Well, then why did you make it uh, the price a uh, box of retail be the price uh, of uh, two? I know. So Chris is very intrigued with what Nate says, as I'm sure many are when Nate's a $20 blaster box. Is all caps wear with three question marks. Fred Meyer. Fred. Now, where can, you, where can you find those? You can at least find two in the greater Spokane area. <clears throat> but I don't know. I saw one in uh, in um, in uh, Oregon, too, the other day. So Got you. Got that going for you. Nate, question. Well, are you Are you clicking a mouse? Oh, sorry. I was going to say that. Oh, it's a pen. Listen, that, a pen. Is, that is quite loud. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Probably way louder than you think when it's right closer to the mic. Um, another increase here. Max Verstappen wins his second straight championship. 35,000 January 13th, 43,200 October 22nd. Someone uh, did quite well, and that is the same as that card. Now, this one is very marginal increase, of course, after selling fees. It would probably end up being a small loss. However, I did want to point out, like, even after a year, Zion and Job, one of one BGS9, dual Logoman rookie, at least did better than cards that show up that numbered out of five twice in a year or three times in a year. So this one did hold decently strong. Um, Nate, any last thoughts here um, as we wrap up tonight's show or anyone in the chat who want to let, uh, let any last thoughts go? Um, I know that, like I said, like neither you or I are buying these cards and flipping them, especially for this expensive. So I know that we can't exactly speak from experience with it, but what does any thoughts? Um, I mean, some of them, obviously, <clears throat> you know, Tom Brady dropping. I think that is a definite combination of how poorly he's been playing and what the market's been, you know, um, more so than maybe, hey, somebody tried to sell this card X amount of times in the last couple months. Like there's a lot more at play. But um, <clears throat> I do think some of them are just like if you were in the market and you spent that much money. Like, I guess you just maybe you have a ton of money and you can just act differently than I would ever act. But like if I was spending, say you're even if it's like stock market, would you take if you had one hundred thousand dollars right now and only one hundred thousand dollars and you put it in the stock market, would you try to flip your way through that or would you just let that thing sit there and ride? Yeah, it's like. Of all the cards on the list, I'm like physically trying to think like, Aaron, which card would you have prospectively bought if you could have at the time? And it's probably other than the Giannis. I love that Giannis. The dual shield of McDavid and Leon Drysdale. Like this card is sick. And if the Oilers can make it to the cup and win it someday on the back of these two players, because they're two of the best offensive players in the entire NHL, that would be very exciting. A card that I'd say maybe two years down the line, three years down the line, it can increase in value and be very exciting. You know, like Nate said, ride it out. See how the players' careers progress and see what happens. In no means will I ever buy this card in June and try to sell it before the start of the next season. Like that is that I would never, ever, ever do that. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, it. I agree with what Nate said. If you are making big plays like that, um, just from I, I guess it just makes me feel good to say it. it's like you know, make sure you think about the window that you want to sell it in, and if it's in a window of three to six months. Take this as examples of, hey, what happens right now if you are trying to flip cards are extremely rare in auction within three to six months, right? Like that's, it's just a, something to think about for sure um, before doing so. Mm -hmm. Now, last thing I got to say is that we actually do have some extremely exciting um, shows coming up this week on whatnot specifically. 
um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday this week. Nate tomorrow is doing at 6 p.m. Eastern time it is. <coughs> that is 6 p.m. Eastern time. I'm currently yep. in the Eastern time zone. Uh, Tops Merlin Chrome and Stadium Club team breaks. But then Wednesday we have What's Brewing once again. Um, and we are do- giving away two different Sapphire Sapphire boxes, one 2020 and one 2021. So we'll see the differences in those two products and talk about the products in a- as a whole, talk about the soccer car market. And then I'm doing something pretty big on Thursday for anyone else to join and try to see what type of dollar they can pay for a spot. We're doing a full case break of 2020 Immaculate Soccer. Um, now, you all heard me talk about National Treasure Soccer last week and probably heard me talk about it on Instagram. I specifically decided not to do anything for National Treasures because I thought that the price in the checklist was very, very um, not in line with the value of the product. Now, for Immaculate Soccer, specifically, the price per box is cheaper. There's a little bit more cards per case. In 2020, it's kind of like 2019-2020. It's, in my opinion, pretty important because you have Erling Holland rookie cards that sell for tons of money in there. It's one of his highest in rookies. You also have Bukayo Saka rookie cards. You also have Mason Mount rookie cards. You have Kareem Adeyemi rookie cards, I believe. There's a lot. Oh, wait, no, just kidding. Kareem Adeyemi is a year after that. But there is a lot of different depth in the checklist from rookie standpoint that you don't have in National Treasures. And on top of that, you can still get Messi autos, um, Ronaldo autos, and a lot of the other star player autos that you would be able to find in National Treasures. The only ones you can is Mbappe. Um, and the Mbappe auto percent is such a low percentage chance that it is – in my opinion, not even worth like that three grand per box rentee. Do we know what what those boxes have dropped to? I would have to check in like secondary market, um, but I I'm not sure exactly at this point. Maybe I can look really quick. And also, uh, what Ryan said, Holland Fati Mount, and then also like Bukayo Saka, I definitely put ahead of Ansu Fati at this point. Um, but yeah, Ryan says uh, just for Aaron. So yeah, so I'm doing that on Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern time. That is all going to start at one dollar bid. So the other thing here is that you know. Panini's coming out listing for $3,250, a box for NT setting the price super high. We're starting the price super low and letting you all hopefully, you know, get involved and join. And, and there obviously is like an average spot price based on the box cost, but it really is, you know, whatever you guys uh, end up end up paying, you guys and girls is what it ends up being. And I'm very excited about that Mac of the case break. And Nate's going to run back some uh, team breaks once again on Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, has some 2020 Stadium Club to do as well. Well, that's all we got for tonight. We're going to let Nate go and have a great birthday dinner tonight. Happy birthday to Nate. And, thank you. Uh, thank you. I appreciate everyone joining tonight, joining the discussion. Uh, there's quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of stuff going on in the market. Just make sure that you're always spending within your means and uh, thinking about when you want to sell versus when you might have to sell, depending on what the cards are. And if you do say, say to yourself, well, I have to sell this card in the next three months, maybe that's the one that you don't buy. And then you think about a card you can buy, you wouldn't have to sell in the next three months. But don't. That's not saying you, you won't sell in the next three months. If something happens, like Bryce Harper hitting a game-winning, game-winning home run that allows you to sell in the next three months, then great. You know, that's how we've always kind of looked at cards, and uh, I think it'll help a lot of people going forward if they do think like that too. Cool, cool. Thank you, everyone. We appreciate it, and we will see you all on the next live stream Sunday, 9.45 p.m. Eastern time here on the FlipQuest episode number 41. Bye, guys.